Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, joining me to break down another just head-scratching Falcons loss is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? How you doing after that game? I'm all right. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, not really, but uh, I'm, I got to <laughs> say that because that's what people say on these shows. That is what people say on these shows. But you know what? We can keep it real. I think after... After these two games, it, you know, we've shaken off the rust, at least we're we're in full midseason form because, you know, the Falcons have a way of getting us right into yeah. full fledged Falcons yeah. fan base mode sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, so so Ovi, give us give us a, a quick Ovi view of of today's game. Um, really kind of a, a mirror of last week's game. But but what did you see from from this week to showdown with the Rams? Uh, we've gotten very quickly to the point where we can put two halves together and have a complete <laughs> Falcons game. Take the first half of last game and the last half of this game, or at least the last yeah. quarter, and you got a pretty exciting Falcons team. Uh, the problem is, and we kind of talked about it earlier, the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas are starting to already drive me insane. And, and the you know, if you take this out and take that out, and you just excuse this, we're a great team is uh, comforting in the recesses of my mind, but in reality, where we all are supposed to live, it doesn't mean jack crap because it ends up in L's. And these L's are even more frustrating when you know that they could be W's by us just playing within ourselves. I'm not asking them to do anything crazy. Just get your first down, stay ahead of the chains, convert, you know, throw the ball, catch the ball, you know, simple things. And we'd win games. We can be 2-0. We could literally be 2-0 mm-hmm. right now and, and should be. But uh, I guess, you know, Falcons going to Falcon. <laughs> yeah, and I like that you, you know, bring up last week because in my mind, it's impossible to talk about this game, view this game without thinking about the week one loss to New Orleans that very mm-hmm. easily, to your point, should have been a win. So I want to stick right there and we're going to kind of get into that a little bit more. But first, let's take a real quick break. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to bet online or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet and use our promo code believe 50 that's B L E A V five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. All right. So kind of my big thought in looking at week one and week two Ovi if we had flipped the orders of these games, if the Falcons in week one played this game against the Rams and they looked just completely outmatched for three quarters before mounting that comeback kind of 
you know, with five or so minutes left in the third quarter from then on. And then they go into week two and they kind of dominate the Saints for three quarters and lose late. Do you think that we're sitting here saying, hey, the Falcons kind of have found something. Now they just need to learn how to finish. Is that the conversation we'd be having? And why does this feel so different? We probably would be having a different conversation because we would have given them more benefit of the doubt. Uh, the three preseason games, the the rust that every team has around the season, I mean, around the league, uh, and saying, hey, it took, a, it took a while to start against the Rams. And it's... Mm-hmm. The Rams, I mean, for God's sakes, you know, we wouldn't have known <laughs> the Rams Super Bowl lost the game. Yeah, and like defending Super Bowl chance for the Falcons to come back on them and to almost reverse the 28-3 curse. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, it would have been astounding, amazing. It would have been great. And then have a, a great start against the Saints. And we would have just been saying that, you know, this team is something special. And, you know, people didn't think they win two games all season or more than two <laughs> games all season. And they almost won two off the bat. Like, we... We got something here because no one's expecting us to go to the Super Bowl. No one's expecting us to go to the playoffs. And just the fact that we're showing we can win two games and within, you know, a play or two away from from having W's, that's kind of exciting to some Falcons fans. But for those of us like me and you who don't care about the moral victories and want to just win, it's disappointing to see, uh, you know, the Falcons falcon themselves. Yeah, it it definitely there are some silver linings that you can take out of these. And it's our job to point those out as well. But you said it, you know, and for you and me and, and everybody that kind of ultimately at the end of the day looks at the O and two um, next to your name, you didn't get it done. And sure, the last, you know, I'd say 20 minutes of this game were very positive for Atlanta. The reality of it is that they were pretty much out of it by the time halftime rolled around. And mm-hmm. In the first half, the Falcons offensively were two of seven on third down. Uh, They were 0 for 2 in the red zone. Conversely, the Rams were two of two on third down, which is insane that they only had two first or two third down attempts in the first half. And they were three of three in the red zone. I mean, that right there is an indicative of an Atlanta offense that I think moved the ball in spurts, but were never really threatening in any way, shape or form to the Rams. And defensively, the Falcons just kind of couldn't do anything, I think, to throw the Rams off or knock L.A. kind of out of rhythm with what they wanted to do. It felt like the Rams just dictated very much most of this game, kind of like the Falcons did last week. How worrying is that to you, Ovi? Because for most of this, I was like, Atlanta can get all of the takeaways it wants on defense, but until they actually prove to me that they can force a three and out or get pressure on Matthew Stafford. It kind of doesn't matter because I expect the Rams just to move the ball whenever they want to. Did you feel the same way? I did. And uh, it was, it was kind of uh, worrying to see. I really feel like, you know, it, it's a problem when some of your best players are struggling and you need those guys to be your leaders. And AJ Terrell's been getting some flack on uh, social media and in the NFL's uh, sports sphere, sphere, because uh, <laughs> he's been uh, getting burned a little bit. And I, I get, you know, having bad days. Shoot, I've had a couple uh, playing fullback where it's, you know, certain linebackers just get the best of me one, two, three times in a row. And I got to stop the bleeding. And who got the best of you, Ovi? Who, who uh, comes to your mind first when I'm, you say I'm, that? I, my, my good friend Takio uh, Spikes, who won't let okay, me there you go. Uh, He's got like three or four ISOs in a row during a four-minute drill where um, 
Mike had to run around me because there was a pile <laughs> of like smoldering ash where he exploded me, uh, exploded when he when he hit me. But uh, yeah, spikes and Ray got me a couple times. But uh, yeah. our defense has not been, you know, measuring up. They haven't been able to mm-hmm. set up to the test of an elite offense, which the Rams obviously are. And now in the second half, they changed things a bit, but just the, the poor state of our defense uh, was a little bit upsetting. And uh, I guess the good thing is that they're a great team. They're supposed to do that. Last year, we were getting this hap- this done to us by mediocre and bad teams. So mm-hmm. at least the beginning of our schedule is going to let us know who exactly we are. And right now, we're not able to stop great teams. No, not able to stop great teams, but... Again, there are some silver linings in some key areas. One of those today, special teams, um, our guy, our guy, my guy, Troy Anderson. Hey, how about that, Ovi? We're, yeah. uh, we're two games in and, and yes. score one for the Troy Tracker. His, his worth. Uh, yeah. So has, has he how many snaps has he gotten on, on defense? I don't think I've seen him in there much. So overall. I, I don't believe if I recall correctly, he got any snaps on defense last week um, against uh-huh. New Orleans. We, we don't know the snap counts yet, or at least I have not seen them. Um, those usually come out kind of with the game book uh, later on. And I'd imagine that he, I didn't see him out there a ton on defense, although the Falcons were rotating a lot on defense. We'll get to that mm. um, in a second. But I, it was the special teams play. And I, I mean, I think that, that that's something that this coaching staff, they did a lot last year with Richie Grant. They did it with mm-hmm. kind of Michael Walker. They're going to groom these guys through special teams. So yeah. for him to make a big play and then like Lorenzo Carter was out there right next to him. So this is who we're talking about is playing special teams. It's it's guys who they trust to make an impact. And and they certainly did. And it was kind of the pivotal moment, I think. It was in this huge. Game. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was absolutely huge. And so a uh, hat off to Troy. I, I know I, I talk a little <laughs> bit trash about him because I wanted uh, someone else to be chosen. But no, he, he's going to prove not just me because I'm not the only one. A lot of Falcons fans wrong about, you know, the pick because he wasn't. Uh, a highly touted uh, name in just layman's terms. Scouts may have obviously thought of him as much higher, but you know the, the layman fans out there, um, I'll include myself as one of them, were like, Troy who? But special teams wins and loses games. I, I was a special teams captain with the Ravens for uh, several years, and you know I was a, 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 an alternate Pro Bowl special teams player. No, no one knows that. Uh, but I had a really good special teams career, and I understand how – that can allow you linebacker, running back, whoever, to get a chance to start. If you can prove that, hey, this guy has to be up, we got to make him our third running back. We got to put him in, in the rotation because he's pivotal on special teams. And, and Troy made a huge play, so hats off to him. Yep, yep, 100%. And Quentin Bell was notably inactive. He's another kind of key special teams linebacker. So we're already seeing, you know, if there's a little bit of an ongoing competition in season, for some of those last final, uh, at least active game day spots, the 48, maybe it comes down to that last special teams role. And Troy Anderson, you know, made a big step forward, not to the non layman like me, you know, the, the non lay people, we mm-hmm. always saw it all along. We're, we're big fans <laughs> of Troy Anderson, but, uh, Obi, I'm glad you're finally catching up. Um, Slowly. let's, let's talk about a couple other draft picks in this game. Start with Drake London. Let's start with the good. Um, through two games, dude, he looks like he is more than capable of being a number one receiver in this league. What did you see from him getting his first touchdown today? Again, kind of leading the pack for Atlanta, eight catches, 86 yards. They went to him a lot late. What'd you see out of Drake London? 
Uh, man, Drizzy was going off today. Uh, Drake was was showing off back, you know, in his hometown area, you know, back mm-hmm. in L.A. Sure, he was uh, spending a lot of money on tickets, but <laughs> he showed out for his people. He put on for his city. They had a lot of people that were just going to be, um, I think, really excited to watch Drake go to the next level and do a little bit more. And I was uh, so impressed that what he did was route running, uh, mm-hmm. strong hands, uh, his yak, his yards after after catch were were all impressive, and these are things that we saw in his rookie. I mean, his, his highlight film from college, but doing it in the NFL is a different thing. And that moment when you realize I can do it on this level too, you know, I, I got these boys, I, I can hang with them. Yeah. It's so exciting, you know, for any player that thinks he can, you know, wishes he can, you know, maybe he can, but then when he actually does it, he's like, all right, this this is gonna be fun. Yeah, and I mean, we forget, or I think it's very easy to overlook at times, he's a year removed from being in college. He's going up against Jalen Ramsey, who for most of his probably NFL awareness or, or when, you know, you never know when people are fans of the NFL, but a lot of pros, you know, maybe they didn't really start seriously watching until high school or, or something like that. Jalen Ramsey has been one of the top corners in the NFL, probably for most of, of Drake London's super conscious NFL watching life. And so then yeah. to go up against him today yeah. and, you know, be the leading receiver for your team. That's kind of all part of it. It's not just that, Hey, I'm in the NFL. I'm doing it. It's, Oh damn. You know, that's Tom Brady on the other side or, Oh, that's yep. Jalen Ramsey on the, or there's Aaron Donald. Like these guys who we all talk about and are aware as some of the best of their position. These guys were all aware of it as well. And especially when you are brand new into the league, because that's when maybe you're most, susceptible to that style of thinking. And after that, it's, it's more of just, Hey, I'm in the industry, right? Yeah. Like these guys are out here to do a job and some do it really well and some don't, but I've got my tricks and, and they've got theirs. Um, but it's great to see that Drake London is kind of finding his stride and where he belongs. And it looks like it's atop this Falcons offense. Um, last thing on, on Drake London though, and Ovi, I, I just want to ask at any point in your career, did you successfully hurdle a defender? Um, I did actually, I have a yes. picture Let's go. against the darn, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they were wearing the, the creamsicle Jersey. This is a Heck yeah. pro- part of my, I think, uh, my little cherry on top for my pro bowl nod. I had to have <laughs> something semi flashy and I had, it, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't the most acrobatic hurdle or athletic <laughs> hurdle, but it was a hurdle nonetheless. So I put my hands, stiff armed them, you know, did a little hurdle, but he clipped the very back of my foot. And so hmm. I heard So the picture looks pretty dope. But then I stumbled <laughs> forward, but got the, the football in. So I did a stumble forward, got a little small dive. And um, this is when, I think it was, oh, this game, Michael Turner was hurt. So it was me and my boy, Jason Snelling. And we had, to, we had to hold down the fort. And it, we needed a big touchdown. And it was uh, third down because, again, Michael Turner was out. I and Jason was like tired because he was running first team tailback. So I had to help mm-hmm. him on third down. So I was supposed to be just a protection, last option. Matt Roddy was, uh, uh, you know, couldn't go to him, couldn't go to Julio. Who else but Ovi Mahaley? Five <laughs> yard flat turned into like a 23 yard touchdown with a hurdle. Yeah. So it was, it was dope. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about, Ovi. Good stuff, man. Um, perhaps you can run into Kyle Pitts and, and transfer some of that juju over to him because <sighs> through two games, uh, we have not yet gotten 
certainly. And, and guys, I'm not lying. Like we were out there. I was out there training camp, preseason games. Like the, the dude certainly has it through two games, though. I, I where is it, Ovi? Oh, my gosh. It is one of the mysteries of the year or for Falcons fans. They, they are wanted signs going up for uh, Kyle Pitts. There are, you know, milk cartons with Kyle Pitts' face on it. People are sending out search parties and, you know, saying, hold up a newspaper, show us your name, make sure he's all right. They don't know where he's at. They don't know if he's, you know, if he's around. They don't know if he's okay. I'm pretty sure he's okay, but I, I, I'm sure that he's as hot as any one of us because I've been there where players know their worth. They know their value. They know that they can help. And it's one thing if, you know, it, it still bothers you when you win and you're not being used, but it burns you. It, it, it eats at your insides when you are watching your team lose and you know you can be a game changer. I mean, there are times where I'm watching us, you know, run with one back formation, get stuffed, or I'm watching us on third and one, and they want to be cute and do some, you know, acrobatic stuff. I'm like, give me the goddamn ball. Let me do what <laughs> I do. It's, it's you know, it's, it's second and one at the goal line. Mm-hmm. I know it's the obvious thing to run a fullback dive, but run a fullback dive. And, and so I, you know, I, I just went to two Pro Bowls back to back. Give me the ball. Didn't happen. Kills me when I lose. So Kyle Pitts has got to be hot right now. And the only reason I can think while he's not getting the ball is, or not even the ball, the attempts or, or, yeah. or the looks. They're not even only three targets today. Drawing it up to him. I think that they had a concerted effort to get Drake Lund involved as they should being their new rookie, but they went too far and, and they just got into the heat of the moment being down to where they wanted to go with the hot hand. But Kyle Pitts is over there wide open. No one's looking at him because everyone's going to Drake. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on, but it needs to change right now. And, and if Kyle Pitts is who he thinks he is, he's having one of those personal conversations with the coaches and a heart-to-heart to understand what the heck is going on. Yeah, he was a tone setter all throughout camp. And, you know, you want to reward those guys, right? Arthur Smith was asked about this after the game. Um you know, I don't think it's it's a surprise because a lot of coaches do this. It's it's a little bit of the um, avant-garde response nowadays to asking about somebody's uh, stat line. But yeah. brought up fantasy football, said, look, it's not fantasy football out there. Kyle Pitts yeah. is very valuable in many different ways to this offense. Um, okay. And then he he kind of, again, alluded to the fact that if the Rams were going to focus on taking Kyle Pitts away, it seems like the Falcons are just perfectly fine with letting that happen because it will open up some of the other pieces. And I think they understand that they maybe can't go toe to toe our four best offensive weapons against, you know, your four best cover guys. Maybe they're not that talented, but if they're, if they can take one or two of those pieces off the field for the defense, because they're focused on Kyle Pitts, Maybe they feel like that's a better way to even the odds offensively. But still, to your point, these guys all know who can play on this team and who can't. And if you see a coaching staff that is willing to take one of your best weapons and just sideline them for the sake of kind of taking away the other team's best pieces, then that doesn't really show that much confidence, I feel like, in that piece to win despite the odds, right? Kyle Pitts is brought here to be a difference maker, not go sit on the sidelines because it also may take, you know, away some of the key pieces for the Rams defense. I I don't know. I just think at some point you got to 
you got to go with with the guy that you brought here to potentially change the game at his position. I mean, the, the easy answer is that Julio Jones was double teamed. Did we still throw to him? Absolutely. Roddy White was double right. teamed. We still throw to him? Absolutely. You know, Tony Gonzalez was triple teamed. We still throw to him? Absolutely. The great ones will find a way to get open. Kyle Pitts can be a great one, but you got to give him a chance to be great. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Arthur Smith, give the man a chance to be great. Now, if he can't handle catching the ball in traffic, if he can't handle making the big play on, on you know third down when he's got two people on him, then fine. But give him the chance to fail. Don't assume, oh, you know what, we'll just go to Drake, Drake, Drake. That's cool until it's not. Until Kyle Pitts gets this grundled. And not to treat you know people differently, but you kind of got it when you have superstars on a team. You know, we've had great ones like, you know, uh, Julio be less, uh, you know, even Matt, you know, not the divas that you typically have uh, on teams. And Kyle's the same way, real, you know, soft-spoken, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, reserved type of individual. He's he's competitive. Yeah, very very competitive. And don't let that fool you to think that he's okay with what's going on because he's definitely not okay. You want to stay on the right side of your superstars. Yes. And when I I should clarify, you know, when I say that the Falcons are kind of okay taking him off the field, I guarantee the Falcons don't see it that way because he has improved as a blocker. So I do think that they would say, hey, he's an asset to us um, in pass protection when they are running, you know, limited routes. But I would also argue it's probably better out there running those routes. So um, we will continue to wait to see what they do with Kyle Pitts. If you guys enjoy the show, please give Ovi and I a follow um, on Twitter. He is at Ovi Mahaley 34 and I am at Will McFadden um, on Twitter. So that's nice and simple. Ovi, I want to get back to the Falcons secondary. We kind of touched on it a little bit um, when talking about the defense. Obviously, the Falcons couldn't get a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford. So that played um, a big role today. But Stafford started this game 13 of 13 and... The Rams receivers seemed like they had all the space in the world. Arthur Smith afterwards said it was a little bit of a pick your poison thing that he wanted to specifically, I think, limit their options downfield. Don't give up that big play. Make them work their way down the field. Um, But they did that and they did that pretty much all afternoon. Any concerns with the secondary through two games so far? Um, Yeah, Uh, it's just. (laughs) We, Good answer. We, we 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 don't look like the the legion of boom that that you know we all wanted this group to be because we we kind of exchanged the pieces pieces move things around and we saw some really great things in the uh, in the Saints game and saw some you know good things at the end of this game but everything in between was just a, a porous defense that looked like mm-hmm. the defenses of old where you can throw on us anytime, anywhere, any spot, any space. And guys were getting juked and Cooper cups, breaking ankles and scoring touchdowns. And AJ Terrell is, you know, looking like, you know, not AJ Terrell. I, I just need for us to get our swagger back. Cause there's a certain moxie. There's a certain, you know, uh, chutzpah or, or, or a way that the Falcons <laughs> carry yeah. themselves. At least the, the defensive backs that, I've seen in games, I'm like, oh, oh, those guys, they feel like they can stop anyone, anytime, anywhere. And they didn't look like they had that confidence. You saw a lot of pointing, you saw a lot of, you know, frustration. You saw a lot of, you know, my bads. And and that's not what you want to see out of your defense because you know things aren't going in the right direction when you get palms up and all the hand signals you don't want. 
Yeah, they looked in the first half, certainly against the Saints, like they were the aggressor, like they were, um, you know, the big dogs on the field oh, that yeah. game. Today, certainly not so much. And I, you know, I do think that some of it depends on just the style of play. Naturally, when you're playing zone a little bit more, I think it's kind of harder to be as aggressive as you would True. say playing press man like that kind of sets the tone for just how that matchup is going to go throughout the afternoon. But that being said, if the coaching staff felt like playing zone was the best way to, you know, at least force Matthew Stafford to play a long game. And that gave Atlanta the opportunities to get the interceptions and the turnovers, which they did to their credit. I mean, I think the Falcons, their secondary did at least a good job of, of forcing turnovers it's just that generally I'm not going to rely on turnovers to be the most sustainable attribute for a team to carry throughout the season. It's it's one of the questions that I had about Dan Quinn's philosophy of, of turnovers being the identity of a team. It's just that's a really hard aspect of the game to control. Everything else that I saw was much bigger concern. You know, they they were giving up easy completions in zone coverage, which was also an issue last week against New Orleans. So, I mean, if you're going to play zone, you aren't just supposed to give up everything. Uh, and then, you know, the run game, they, the Rams were pretty much able to run it right down the Falcons throats whenever they wanted to. And Atlanta didn't get as much pressure and certainly didn't get a sack uh, this afternoon. So, I mean, again, some positive play from young guys like Darren Hall, but that Darren Hall force fumble at the end of the game came on a completion that would have given, you know, LA essentially the chance to run the clock out right there. So yep. still some, some big questions for this secondary AJ Terrell particular though, Ovi, uh, do you, do you chalk his three touchdowns? Cause he's given up three touchdowns now so far, kind of directly in coverage right there near the yeah. goal line. Are we chalking it up to, Hey, it's Michael Thomas twice and, and it's Allen Robinson once, or is this a, is this a real concern? Because AJ Terrell is supposed to be the type of player who can match up with these guys one-on-one and then stop that from happening. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to give him exceptions, Michael Thomas, Thomas, whoever, because you know, he's a pro bowl player for a reason. Cause he's supposed right. to be able to go toe to toe with those guys and win. Uh, but even the best players, I've seen them all, you know, even with, whether Tony Gonzalez, Ray Lewis had, you know, bad games back to back. But but that's it. Like the rule is never have back to back bad games because you can't be a slump in mm-hmm. back. Like, hey, fix it. Like coach would talk to us, uh, you know, uh, we talk to each other. Hey, we had a rough game. Clear it. Don't let it happen again. Don't make the same gosh dang mistake twice. Just just get that out system. It happened. It's a fluke. Cool. But when it keeps on happening. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And with AJ Terrell, it's 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 two games in a row. You can't make it three. You got to have a serious stop of the stoppage of the bleeding. Because right now you're hemorrhaging, and the last thing you want is to have them sharks start circling. And people say, "Oh, is do, do we see some weakness here? Is is there is there a, a chink in the armor? Is there is there somebody who is not quite sure that he's that guy anymore? Let's go at him." Let's go at him some more. Let's not give him time to breathe or, or recover or, or to you know gather himself. Let's keep on pounding him until he realizes that <laughs> you ain't AJ Terrell. You my you know female dog. Like you 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 don't want people to have that because that's the mentality in the NFL. Like right. if you see somebody and especially the forget AJ Terrells, the the regular DBs. Once somebody finds and we used to do it in uh in uh, in football, we would circle 
here's the weak link on special teams. Here's the weak link on, on their defense. This linebacker right now, that's a little boy. Ain't a grown man. That linebacker right there, you Ovi, I expect you to make that little boy cry every single time you hit him. He, he walks around, talks big, but watch him. Watch him when he hits. He turns his shoulder. You can even see him closing his eyes. He doesn't want to hit. And, and you can see the people who've lost their confidence on film. Not that AJ is showing that on film, but the results show that, you know, he, he's, he's slipping a little bit. He's regressing a little bit. And like I mentioned, it happens. He's just got to stop it before the league starts trying to, to, to pick at that scab and, and make it, uh, you know, open back up. And That's some really interesting insight. Uh you know, it certainly makes me understand, you know, why I was never destined to play in the NFL. Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> you could have played a year or two if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have been, uh, I think, the holder probably on on a, a great holder, though. There you go. Um, but I do want to specify, you know, AJ Terrell was the leading tackler in today's game. And he did, I think, have some legitimately good plays in, in run defense, which has always been, a, I think, a, an underrated aspect of his game. He is a really good tackler. In yeah. The, Field as much as his form, uh, you know, I have questions about it, um, but it's working for him. Results, so yep. just, I guess need to, to hope that the coverage side of things um, turns around and trust that that eventually will, because he is a great player and, and I trust that things will kind of get corrected for him. Um, a couple more before we get out of here, Ovi, I saw, you know, and this is the least surprising thing ever. We saw it before the season even started, but calls already for Desmond Ritter to get the look for the Falcons kind of moving forward. Yeah. Mark Mariota, 17 to 26, 196 yards, two touchdown passes, two interceptions. Um, you know, one, an overthrow Jalen Ramsey gets in the end zone. The other off court, Errol Patterson's hand. You can kind of judge that however you want to, but just a, another kind of ho-hum day. I think what we're seeing, and at least my assessment of Marcus Mariota so far, great flashes, brilliant yeah. flashes of play. But on a drive-by-drive basis, the overall level of his play is probably not where it needs to be to win you games kind of just just on the strength of your offense alone. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Extremely accurate. Uh, I, you know, he's, he's an above-average quarterback um, when he wants to be. Uh, he's the average quarterback most of the time. You know, but when he is on his game, he's an above-average quarterback. He's definitely a quarterback we can win with, but everything else has to be perfect. We have to right. be doing – uh, what we're supposed to do on defense, we have to be blocking, you know, we have to be, uh, uh, you know, special teams running. He's not, and we know this, he's not Matt Ryan. He's not, a, you know, an elite quarterback, but he's, um, I think, somebody that we can get some W's with. We just, it, we, we can't rely on Marcus Mariota to win us games. That That's the painful truth of it all. We can't rely on him to win us games. Uh, and if this happens, Two, two, three more times. I'm with the, I'm with the, uh, the fans. I'm with the, uh, the crowd. You know, give us Ritter, give us Desmond Ritter. Um, but right now, I don't think that it's 100 Marcus's fault that we've lost these games. So keep putting him in there. Let's see if we can fix everything else around him, and let's keep on, you know, see, seeing what we got. I, I, I know that Ritter is the future. We all know that Ritter is the future, and we're gonna have to figure out what exactly he has sooner or later. We talked about this, but it's still a bit early. So um, I don't think you're going to see Desmond unless Marcus just, you know, shits the bed and just <laughs> fumbles, interceptions, and throwing up and throwing, uh, you know, the ball away. 
if that happens next game, Ritter's trotting on in. But if Marcus can still be Marcus, because let, let, let's remember, we were killing the Saints. And mm-hmm. he orchestrated one heck of a comeback. And we were within a play for two games. We could be 2-0 right yep. now. Yep. So if we can fix a couple things, they're like, hey, we got a quarterback who, who ain't going to, uh, you know, prolifically, specifically lose us games. Let's see how long we can ride this out, if we can fix everything else around them. I think that last part that you mentioned is is exactly what the Falcons are thinking because, you know, Arthur Smith, again, pretty much alluded to it after the game, saying, hey, this is the second week in a row where we have had a chance to win the game on the last play. Yeah. And that was kind of what we wanted well, to see from Atlanta yeah. coming into this season, right? Like, that's what we were asking to see. I think it's thrown at least me for a little bit of a loop that we're here already in, in the first two games. Like we cool. We've, we've checked that box. It's like, what what do I want to see now? Like, where do I go? Um, you've already checked off my very minimalist, uh, criteria for this season. But I do think that Marcus Mariota, because another key thing that Arthur Smith said is that it's a long season and they are trying to play a lot of their young guys. It's why we saw them rotate. I think a lot on defense, Um, it's, you know, why they're kind of being, I think, creative with the inactives list and getting certain guys in games and and not in games, things like that. Marcus Mariota gives the best kind of baseline for this coaching staff to evaluate the rest of the offense. And I think that that cannot be discounted because yes, we all want to see Desmond Ritter, but the coaching staff also wants to see Drake London. The coaching staff also wants to see Tyler Algier. They also want to see how Drew Dahlman does at center for at least yep. a, a, a decent sample size, right? And then yep. you can get Desmond Ritter in there once they feel comfortable that the rest of the stuff is running smoothly. But until we see that for Atlanta, I'm in a in full favor of seeing Marcus Mariota back out there just because he is, again, bringing some competence at the most important position. We know Desmond Ritter can be the future Let's just hold off on the future for like five more games, guys. Is that enough to ask? Like, can we, we got time. can we get can we get through two games before it's it's like already, you know, again, to your point, Ovi, both of which could have been one. So I'm not surprised by it, but it it still just it annoys me a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, I mean, what did I, you think was going to happen? <laughs> true. Very, very true. And I, I kind of like the fact that, hey, if we're going to lose, let's just lose. I I don't want to be uh, a darn nine and eight or eight and nine team again, or you know win six games. I, I understand the, the the moral competency, but you're still getting for the coaches who secretly want the highest traffic possible and secretly kind of know that we're not going to be fired if we have a three or four game win season. We're here. They know that we're trying to build something and. What they want to see is just improvement. And through these two games, you can see improvement, but still get the L. Still still dock those L's for that high draft pick. So uh, either they start winning now and just go on a run, or let's keep up. And I, I know Falcons fans will, will skewer, skewer me for this, but uh, and some probably won't. Um, I want to get a high draft pick. I want to get those you know big uh, free agent splashes next year. I want to win games, go to the playoffs, and be one of those surprise dark horse teams for the Super Bowl next year. This year, I just want to lay the groundwork for next year. And if that includes us getting better, but still getting an L, hey, I've seen other teams do much, much worse. So let's let's go. 
at some point you and I are going to have to have a longer conversation about everything that you just said, because I, I have, I firmly made up my mind on, on the, no, don't tank. Like it's, I know it's not we ideal. Eight and nine. Year, man. Like, I know, I know we're going to get uh, back into it at some point because it's, uh, it's such a, it's such an interesting and juicy topic yeah, about the players just, aren't going to tank. The, the, the coaches aren't going I, to tank, I know. but I'm just saying if, the outcome happens to be an L, but you still hey, play I, hard. I I, hey, that's a I'm win. I'm right there with you. The L is a just, W for the fans who know that we're not going to any special party for winning five games versus seven games, winning four games versus eight games. You might feel a little better, but you can also feel better by individually watching your players do better every single game and show that they have what it takes right. to compete in this league. But, you know, you can't tell them to, to, hey, stop at the one-yard line. We want an L, so you don't want to have some Ws that you may or may not want. But that, that, that's another conversation. You're right. Right. And, and I completely agree with you on, on the growth and all of that. And sure, if it ultimately does lead to way more losses than it does wins, the Falcons do benefit in the draft from that. I'm just saying that we watch Kyle Pitts catch two passes for 19 yards. It's not like a top-five pick guarantees – prosperity moving forward but drake london disagrees with you but that's uh, true you know, that's true we'll, we'll see um but again we will we'll we'll maybe save that for like the bye week or something <laughs> um let's before we get out of here let's talk about next week's game really quickly which may be the falcons best opportunity to date to get their first win of the season um they stay on the road they're gonna stay on the west coast and just kind of stay on that timeline and and kind of deal with the whole West coast vibes for another week. But before they head out to Seattle, who got crushed today by uh, San Francisco, 20 to seven and seven. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your thoughts, Ovi on how difficult is it really to play in Seattle? Obviously legendary kind of 12th man atmosphere. Is it, is it that hard? And what do you think about the Falcons matchup and chances kind of a week yeah. out from this game? The chances are good. Um, I, I know that, I, I watched a lot of the game where Russell Wilson's homecoming because I wanted to see mm-hmm. if yep. hey, he'll get booed. He got booed. Uh, I wanted to see if you know he had something special for them or if they had something special for him. Uh, and you know they were pretty. You know, I guess his former team still had love for Russ. Is what I saw um, after the game, before the game, during the game, no love for Russ. Those guys played hard and. I think they're not going to be uh, an easy W at all. Like uh, Geno Smith was was on one. Like he wanted to let people know that he's been been slept on for for a while, and he's ready to play. Now, granted, it didn't go the way they wanted today, but uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks and playing on that West Coast, playing in their stadium, is no easy feat because the twelfth man, even with Russ gone, they're a loud group, they're a loud bunch, they love their team. So it, it's going to be one heck of a game. It will. And and again, this is kind of exactly why Marcus Mariota is probably the better quarterback to go into this situation yes. than yes. Desmond Ritter is. You do not <laughs> want to drop Desmond Ritter into that stadium with that fan base, with that echo chamber for right. his first NFL game. I don't know what NFL game will be easy for him, but that's definitely not the one. This is absolutely insane. I'm looking at their kind of box score right now. Um, Seattle's score against... Uh, against San Francisco 49ers. And again, they lost 27 to seven. They threw the ball 30 times in that game. Not surprising, just being uh, as far behind as they were, but 
Man, Rashad Penny only six carries for 15 yards. Kenny Walker, their rookie, four carries for 10 yards. Russ leaves. He goes to Denver. All of a sudden, they they let Geno Smith start cooking. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> yep, let Geno cook. Let Geno <laughs> cook. Oh, man, Geno Smith. I, 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 I'm an underdog dude because I'm a fullback and blue collar, all that stuff. So I, I love seeing guy like Geno Smith finally get his chance to shine and then take advantage of it. Again, the gaming other way they wanted to, but Gino had a bright spot. Be, I mean, beating the Broncos, like they're like, all right, hey, let's let's cruise. Yeah. Like, whatever yeah. happens, happens. We we beat Russ. Let him know we don't miss you. We all right. <laughs> We're good. And so they're just like they coming off coming off that high. So uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I I love Gino finally getting his, and look forward to him getting some more. Not against us, but you know, uh, he's been always been a guy who's been passed up for other horrendous, average, mediocre uh, quarterbacks that be like, oh, he's, he's you know, typical backup quarterback. Yeah, wait, let's, let's give him a shot. And, uh, no, not 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 better than Geno. But now Geno's getting his chance to start, and he's proven something. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what he got. Hopefully the Falcons can not deal with uh, his uh, comeback fury. Well, if, if Pete Carroll and his staff were watching today's Falcons Rams game, then they'll probably let Geno cook a little bit more yes. next yes. week. Um, but the Falcons will have a full week to prepare for that. Um, that'll do it for today's show for Ovi and I. Um, today's podcast is presented by Bet Online. As always, please, guys, like, subscribe, let everybody uh, know where they can find us, anywhere they get their podcasts. Again, Follow Ovi on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley 34. Follow myself on Twitter at Will McFadden. Ovi, anything else you want to say before I let you go? No, I'm good, man. I, um, I'm enjoying this. I uh, finally caught up with the last episode of Hard Knocks. I think I'm a week or nice. two late, but it was it was solid, man. Hate it when they cut the guys, but I yep. can't wait for the midseason Hard Knocks. Is it the first time they're doing it, the midseason Hard Knocks? So I know Amazon year. has done kind of the their version of Hard Knocks yes. for the past few but years. Hard Knocks hasn't done a midseason. I th- they either did one Never last have. year. It was either last year was their first year or this one is their. But I, it may be this one is their first year. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I know. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Me and Bart. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the, seeing the Lions today, they look legit. Uh, Dan yeah. Campbell, I think everybody, everybody loves playing for a guy or seeing football players play for a guy like Dan Campbell because he just feels so throwback. He just kind of feels exactly like what, uh, as a little kid, like what you would picture a football coach to be. Um, so yeah, hats off to the lions. Hopefully the Falcons kind of find themselves following a similar path. uh, And I reserve every right to take back that statement. Uh, if the lions are two and 11 come week 14, so, um, but right now they looked really good, at least in week two, that will do it for us today. I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you all get back on with your lives. Please, uh, keep an eye on the feed Thursday morning. We will have another preview of the upcoming matchup in week three, but until then, everybody take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.